You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, a UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 114 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in my kitchen studio this week is uh, my co-host, the master of all things caravan, (laughs) Matt Smith. (laughs) There's no need for that, is there? (laughs) Oh dear, we were just talking off air. When I finish this, I've I've got some work to do on my new caravan. That we've bought. Yes, Matt has joined the elite, yes. the elite caravan yes. club. Yes, I've so, officially uh, <laughs> become middle-aged. Everyone, I'm officially now old. So yeah. he'll he'll be the one who's uh, driving along the uh, the road, holding you up at uh, a steady hey. 50, 50 miles per hour. <laughs> How rude! How very very rude! Yes, but that is uh, all the rumours are entirely true. Yes, but I spent my entire life holding oh, everyone no. up. I drove a coach for a living. So Matt, Matt, uh, as you probably can or might be able to tell from Matt's voice uh, and his coughing and sniveling, yes, yes, Matt's yes, uh, got yes. one of those um, cold things again. Yes, uh, again. Uh, no, I like. Well, you see, this the, this is the sideline to carrying around snotty children all day. Oh. You see, they they will bring germs. Germs, oh, you see, germs wonderful. So that means yeah. that that this week I'll be. Ill at work. Yes, absolutely. But it's all right. Joy. You're on early. So you're on your oh, the joy. Shift. It'll, it'll be fine. It, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, so <laughs> you join us then on the 28th of May. Yes. Uh, it's 11 minutes past 10 in the morning. Yeah. And uh, yes, we are here for episode 114. And we've got loads of news this week. We've got a segment from Pip we as have. well. And uh, yeah, we've uh, we've uh, got uh, the chat room is um, Filling, filling up, up nicely. nicely. We've got yes. some listeners from way, way, way across the uh, across the pond. We have. Uh, good morning to Ray Davis, uh, Dave Abbey, and in the UK here, Dan Hannington, our master photographer, ah, Dan yes. Hannington, yes. is in the chat I presume as he well. will be at the air shows. Yeah, hopefully he will. Yeah, Dan will, yeah. Uh, we, ha- we have got a bit of news uh, just before we start that, um, unfortunately, due to work commitments, mm-hmm. uh, we won't be able to attend no. tomorrow's uh, okay. Brunting Thorpe. Cold War I'm Jets sorry. Day. It's my um, fault. Sorry. Yeah, it's Matt. Actually, yeah, I'll, I'll say it. It's yeah, Matt's yeah, fault. It's my, my fault. Because of Matt, we won't be attending yes, tomorrow's yes. Bruntingthorpe Cold War Jets I, Day. I've, I've got to go to work. Oh, Dan, Dan's got a dash. Has he? Oh, oh goodbye, Dan. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said hello to Dan. He's yeah, no dash. But on off. the plus side, good morning, Graham. Graham, hey. Yes. Hello, Graham. <laughs> so, yes, uh, yes, so humble apologies. Yes, humble apologies um, to I all. Ne- I never normally work on a Sunday, and, and it serves me right for not checking in advance, really, doesn't it? But I there know. we are. Never mind. Yeah, it's all Matt, part of the fun. Yes, Matt. We, Matt uh, we're going to try again in August. Oh, yeah. no, we, well, <laughs> we'll try, yeah. Yes. Matt sent me his, uh, his, um, in, his um, roster for uh, his work this uh, last weekend, and I saw... I looked at it and cried. Yes, me too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. well. well. Well, we've got yeah, lots of other air shows. Maybe, to go maybe to if we year, chat, so. chat them nicely, you can still come and have a look at all the TriStars. If we yeah, yeah. Well, well we have spoken to, uh, or to, to, we have talked uh, to some of the people yeah. there. So hopefully we'll, we'll get, still get to visit Bruntingthorpe yes. and uh, speak to some of the people there yeah, at absolutely. some point during this year. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, yes, Dave, uh, in answer to your question in the chat room, yes, I am driving tomorrow. Yes. yes. Yes, which is why I sound full of cold because there are so there are, rules are very strict here in the UK and you can't you can't take certain medications when you're driving it. So I just have to sort of ride it out essentially. Yeah, yeah. He's only had sixteen paracetamol. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Currently, I'm feeling fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I really am feeling fabulous. He's but anyway, indeed. But that's not why people are listening. They're listening here to hear some stories. <laughs> Dave, Dave Abbey's put what did what did Carl call not it? Bonkoff. Bonkoff. No, no, no it's not. Fabulous show, everyone. It's not. Yes. 
bonk off at all, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> right, okay. It's good. bunk off. Bunk off. In yeah. the UK, Skive. Skive. or Skive. Yeah. Skive's yeah. another yeah. one. Skive off. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I love to bunk off work. Yeah, yeah. no, you yeah. never do it, do you? Yeah. No, I never no, do it. No, no I'm a good boy. No, I'm a good yes. boy. Anyway, some, some of our listeners, on the other hand, are, are not so good. Uh, 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 talking about bunking off and skiving off work, I'm going to give a quick hello and mention to, uh, to Jason Rowe. Who's uh, who listens to the show? He's one of our newest listeners. Right. Uh, Jason listens to the show. He uh, he's he ripped the book on uh, bunking off and skiving. So uh, Did yeah. he hello win? to you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> what? He'll see me at work next Easy. week. Yes, I bet yeah. you will with a baseball bat with the sound of it. Uh, right. Anyway, and enough of this. It enough is time this. to get stuck into it. So if you are ready, then Carl. Let's uh, start our show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So, if you're ready, flu Matt. Well, I was born. <laughs> flu Matt, yeah. I was born ready. Let's go. So kicking off this week's first news story then on the breaking travel news site. And the headline, Lufthansa extends NetJet's private flight option for luxury passengers. For the past 11 years, Lufthansa, the German airline, has been offering its passengers exclusive travel by private aircraft who customise flight schedules with Lufthansa private jet. Due to, to the uh, success of the premium service, the airline has now extended its uh, strategic alliance by five years with NetJets, the world's largest provider of private jet flights. Cool. Jens Bischoff, uh, executive vice president of Lufthansa Sales, uh, said that uh, pr- uh, Lufthansa private jet has established itself in the market as an integral part of the premium service, and it's a perfect fit with our goal to be the first five-star airline in the Western world. We are therefore delighted to continue the fruitful cooperation with our partner NetJets in the coming years. Lufthansa private jet operates more than 1,000 flights a year. The service complements the first-class service of Lufthansa Group within Europe and North America. Passengers often use these flights to travel to and from the Lufthansa and Swiss first-class international intercontinental routes, an option that is only available from Lufthansa. A Lufthansa private jet offers passengers high level of flexibility in terms of time. The flights are available at a short notice of up to 10 hours before departure in Europe and 12 hours before departure in North America. There are more than 1,000 destinations to choose from. Passengers can choose between a small size, mid-size or large size aircraft depending on the number of passengers and route. And the airfares vary accordingly. Lufthansa private jet passengers have access to the first-class terminal in Frankfurt and to uh, an all uh, Lufthansa and Swiss first-class lounge worldwide. A limousine service also is at the uh, hub at Frankfurt, Munich, Düsseldorf and Zurich, and it's all part of the service as a VIP treatment, and uh, it's also available at the major North American airports. Mm -hmm. Lufthansa private jet also offers uh, limousine services from your home and directly, uh, or office directly to the aircraft. That is the way to do it, though, isn't it? Get picked up by by limousine to then be taken to your... uh to your plane. That to is think nice. Your first class plane and away you go. It's just... It's, so it's, it's good. Etihad offer that with their... Do you remember that we talked about in previous shows? Etihad have that <laughs> um, 
the residence. Yes. Where you have Baby. your own suite on board the big A380, the big jumbo. Really? Uh, big, um, the double-decker. How does that even work? And they, and they have uh, part of the thing, because you obviously pay about 20-odd thousand pounds for a one-way <laughs> okay. ticket. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, that you have a limousine service pick you up from your home and take you uh, to the airport, and um, <laughs> you have your own dedicated uh, security lane and... And everything. Oh, blimey. Well, it's, sorry, Dave, just, I've been distracted by the chat room because Dave just put, uh, uh, airfares vary from super expensive to, if you have to ask the question, you can't, you can't afford, afford it. it. Yeah, absolutely, which is very, <laughs> very, very true, it. Dave. It yeah, is, very true. absolutely. So uh, just, if you'd just like to turn my microphone down for a brief oh, second. Hold on, Matt's going to sneeze. There we go. He's just filling the, filling the kitchen studio with yeah, uh, all his germs. germs. Lovely. Uh, I, thank you. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't there. So, well, just, if I'm going to read the next story, I, I probably ought He's to have a cough, yeah. not have a, a frog in my throat. So, uh, so yes. the next story. The next story, and as always, story two is a Ryanair story. Now, there is a, a rather horrific video to go with this, uh, which I will only play a small amount of in just a moment. But the headline from the Daily Mail online is, uh, is this the most entertaining flight ever? I think the short answer is no. Uh, tap dancers, tap dancers surprised Ryanair passengers with an improvised swing routine at 35,000 feet. Some passengers were brave enough to get out of their seats and join. Uh, the group performed improvised shim-sham while flying from Vilnius, is it, to Milan. Uh, and a three-minute routine was captured on camera and posted on YouTube. So Ryanair's passenger cabins have a famous reputation for being cramped, uh, but it turns out they're actually large enough to hold a dance party. A swing dance troupe uh, proved this when they surprised passengers with a toe-tapping routine at, um, at uh, 35,000 feet. Some passengers were brave enough to jump out of their seats and join the group and flight attendants for an improvised shim-sham as the plane... A shim-sham. Shim-sham, yes, absolutely. It's a legitimate phrase. Uh, as the plane... It, it must be legitimate. It's in the Daily Mail. I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> as the plane flew from Villainous uh, in Lithuania to Milan in Italy. And uh, I think that's more... Uh, so the the three-minute routine was captured on camera and posted on YouTube by the Milan-based dance group called Golden Swing Society. One of the members made an announcement over the tannoy before the music kicked in <laughs> and the group <laughs> began dancing in the aisles of the mm. Boeing 737 Oh, go down, go down. It says, um, it says, where is it there? Up, up a little bit. There we go. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah, passengers. Yeah, passengers. Oh wait, I'm just. Re I just want to see how the passengers reacted to it. But oh, uh, I see. Right. Yeah. No. There's no. Uh, there's no thing. So, uh, as a little bit of a treat for you, uh, I'm, I'm only going to play a little bit of it because it is. Mm. It is. It, I think all three minutes will will be enough to, to for <laughs> people to <laughs> lose their mind. But uh, so we'll just play a little bit of this for you, and uh, we'll talk about it in just a moment. Hello, I hope you enjoy your flight. This is a message for an old dancer, old swing dancer. It's a Shishan time!
don't see the They look like they're having fun, don't they? <laughs> I, I have to say, I mean, some, some of the people sitting in, for those of you watching us on YouTube with us in the video playing out there, um, some of the people sitting in the seats look happy. Some of yeah. them look like they'd rather be <laughs> yes. swallowing a yeah. wasp. <laughs> Indeed, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's an interesting story, I will say, um, yeah, to, uh, I, to I, I mean, I, 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 improve I, a flight. I, I, I'm not sure. You see, if somebody started doing that on, the, on an air, a Ryanair flight that I was stuck on, I think I'd probably start randomly punching people because I can't think of I'd have been arrested by the end of it. It's just, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like that sort of music, but not over a hideously ta tinny tannoy. I do have a real thing about it. <laughs> Graham Haley in the chat room has put that... Uh, yeah, agreed. I think yeah. he would be... I, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I would, oh, I would have been looking for an emergency yeah, exit. very much. Abort, abort, <laughs> get out, get out while you still can. I can't think of anything worse. They just um, look so happy. I, I, just, I, I, I don't like anybody that has that much enthusiasm for life. Do you know what and I mean? I mean I, what what would have been great? Anyone. What would have been great was would, would, would be to see that the the, uh, the first officer and captain to come out from the flight deck no, also no, dancing. No, absolutely not. No, um, not, if, not if they're at 35,000 feet. Thank you very much. I want everybody with their hands on the controls, pretty much. Uh, Jacob, yeah. uh, Jacob <laughs> Darlington Brown has just joined us in the chat room. He said he's just tuned in <laughs> and saw some random people singing and dancing. I'm just checking if I click the right show. Yes. Yes, I you know. are on the right show. Yes, I'm sorry uh, about that. Right. Yes, yes, Jacob, it's all right. Don't worry. It's, it's but no, I, I, I mean, I, I, almost, I almost could, uh, could envision seeing sort of warm paninis being thrown around. Oh, and, really? And uh, we, if they had some <laughs> plates, they could smash those. Right. I mean, no, they, they're, not, a, they're, not, they're not flying to Greece. Uh, oh, no, okay. no, 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 absolutely. Oh, posters here. Posters here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's um, it, it's interesting to, to say the least. I I, I think um, that kind of in-flight entertainment would probably no, no. I would I would, no, just no, wrong, absolutely not. Actually, I mean, actually, no, you, right now, you see, there was a lot. I mean, the line. The, here we go. I'm, I'm, brace yourself, everyone. I'm off on one. Um, we had. Uh, Seriously, like if you are the pilot, I mean, I know if I have people who are bouncing around when I'm driving my coach. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the yeah. the, 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 it the changes in the way that it mm. sort of moves around. I mean, basically, the entire aisle was full of people leaping around and dancing. I mean, does how 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 would that have felt as far as the pilot was concerned? I mean, would it? Was were, would they been in danger? It, I mean, they, well, no, it doesn't. Danger is not the thing. It, it, I mean, the aircraft trim, when it's flying an autopilot, the aircraft yeah. can trim itself. It will. It's got auto trim. It will. Um, you know, it'll trim the aircraft to keep it level. Well, even a right air one. Even a right air. Blimey. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but, but you would feel. You know, we would feel a slight kind of shift if right. if, a, if a hundred people move from the front. But yeah. I think this is just a few people standing in the aisles dancing. So okay. it's not going to be, right. be a, a okay. huge issue. Yeah, well, um, yeah, exactly. Seriously, ladies and gentlemen, if you do that, if you do that on a flight, I, home, I will start punching I think, you. I think if me and you go to Malta in September for the air show, I think yes. we should take some of the PA gear and do karaoke on no, the air. No, no, absolutely not. Okay, no. No. For those of you in the chat room, I should, who, I, should be, I should be far too busy <laughs> gripping onto the armrest for dear life. Frankly. For those of you in the chat room who think me and Matt should do a karaoke live on a no. Ryanair flight, uh, no. send your answers into no. podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. <laughs> No, I, I, I would, oh, here we go. I would guess uh, on the centre line, you wouldn't uh, notice as people are moving forward or backwards, the centre of gravity wouldn't change much. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, yes. good morning to David Corston. He's joined us. He's at work. He's uh, breaking all the rules at work and watching uh, the live show. That's morning, good. David. No, that's good. 
That's good. We, we like we that. We actively encourage we that. Like that. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> moving on it's to it's the next story uh, is on the breaking travel news site again. And the headline Malaysia Airlines grows fleet with two new Airbus A350 Good news. 900s. So, Malaysia Airlines uh, has exercised the lease option for a 12 year lease agreement for an additional two Air, uh, brand new Airbus A350 900s with Air Lease Corporation. Uh, the transaction is pursuant of the option provided under the le extending, uh, existing lease agreement uh, for the four A350-900 signed by both parties in September last year. Malaysia Airlines Berhard Chief Executive Christoph Muller said the additional two Airbus A350-900s will uh, complement the existing four that uh, are on order to reach a critical fleet size, allowing standby aircraft for any scheduled maintenance and enabling future network expansion. Technology and innovative enhancements make the flying the aircraft a real pleasure, and it will bring a whole new experience to our offerings with the aircraft available and able to operate non-stop from Kuala Lumpur to London and throughout Kuala Asia. Muller added that we are very pleased to partner with Airlies Corporation again on this strategic transaction, and powered by the Rolls-Royce Trent XWB84 engines, the A350 aircraft are from ALC's order book with Airbus and will be delivered in 2018. Mm -hmm. ALC couldn't be more pleased to place these two additional aircraft with Malaysia Airlines, uh, Bahad said. Uh, in addition to the four A350-900s placed by ALC last year, where we are confident these two additional A350-900 aircraft will further maximise Malaysia Airlines' business operations as well as global growth, said Stephen Udvar-Hazi, Airlines Corporation Chairman. Uh, good news then. Well, definitely good news for uh, Airbus anyway. Another, yeah, I mean, another two. I, I've actually, because um, that's who I flew to uh, Australia. Uh, Australia. That's who I flew to New Zealand with, was um, with Malaysia Airlines. Uh, or Airlines. And I had a really nice, sort of, they really looked after me actually. So I'm quite pleased that they're sort of, you know, off the back of, they've not had a, they've had a couple of bad incidences, haven't they? Mm. They weren't their fault, to yeah. be fair, but uh, quite pleased to sort of see that they might be coming out of the other side of it. Oh, it's good. It's good news. It's good to see. I like to see lots of uh, new aircraft being yeah, brought into service. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if they are Airbus. Anyway, moving uh, on to the next story. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Yes, uh, yes. the next story. This is on the Mail Online again. And the headline is, Armed Police Forced to Intervene at Gatwick Airport after passengers fight at gate as tensions boil over a cancellation of flight. This is really? this is a pretty awful story, to be honest. Uh, and it's, it goes along the lines of armed police were forced to intervene after a fight broke out between passengers at Gatwick Airport on Thursday, according to an eyewitness. The flyer, uh, uh, sorry, the, the, the flyer was described, uh, has described uh, the moment. There was an altercation between two groups of passengers who were waiting to board the Boeing 737 to Palma in Mallorca. The incident took place after Norwegian air flight Delta 82426 was cancelled while passengers waited at the gate. They had earlier been told that their flight would be delayed by two hours. Uh, it's uh, so Jim Holder, who was travelling to the Spanish Isle for a holiday, uh, with uh, his young family, told Mail Online Travel that after heated arguments, a fight broke out at the gate between passengers. Around 180 flyers were then escorted back through security to collect their luggage and told to head to the Norwegian desks. There, there they were grouped together with a similar number of passengers from another Norwegian flight out to Madrid that had also been cancelled. 
Neither neither the Norwegian or Gatwick staff had organised anything, nor knew what to do, Mr Holder said. This is when the armed police were called in uh, to keep the peace as frustrated passengers were faced with inactivity and no communication from staff. Sussex police have conferred officers were dispatched to the terminal to deal with any fights. A spokesperson told Mail Online Travel that the police were called to the South Terminal at Gatwick Airport at 11.30pm on Thursday the 26th of May to a report of a group of people fighting. When police attended, uh, there had been a minor altercation between two men and two women from two groups of travellers unknown to each other. No one was injured and no one was arrested, but all parties were spoken to. Uh, Police officers are routinely armed at Gatwick for security reasons. They will also attend routine incidents when they are called to do so. 41-year-old journalist Mr Holder then claims airline and airport staff hid upstairs behind check-in desks to avoid the customers. It goes without saying that seeing people slugging it out is pretty unsettling when you have children and likewise the arrival of armed police when arguments turn, uh, turn heated. Uh, he said that his family were among the first to leave the airport at around 1.30am this morning. This was on Friday morning, but added uh, that he suspected many left much later. The flight is now scheduled to fly out of Gatwick Airport tonight. This is on Friday uh, around about 8.30. Mail online have contacted the Gatwick Airport and Norwegian Airport, uh, Norwegian Air sorry, for comment, but no response as yet. I mean, it's... Uh, it's not a great story, really, let's be honest. Uh, but the, you see, the, 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 I do do take some issue with this, and I had a similar experience. I know it's not air, airline uh, travel, but in my case it was with uh, uh, Abellio, Greater Anglia, because I was travelling back from... when well, I was coming back from London, and uh, all the trains got cancelled. Um, and I do think it's very unfair that you leave... I'm quite glad that they were... I, I don't blame them for hiding upstairs, frankly, if that if that element is, is true. Because if they haven't been given the information to give to the passengers, uh, passengers can be uh, uh, incredibly uh, rude, frankly, certainly with the experience I had. I mean, they, it was all kicking off there, and they were being really horrible to this guy. And it's just like... The, I mean, the, the guy had no information, and so they were really shouting at him. And it's like, well, it's it's not his fault that it's all gone horribly wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm very surprised that Norwegian didn't sort of say that they'd had a problem with the aircraft or they, you know, uh, weather or something like that. I mean, we don't even know why they were cancelled at this stage, do we? No, I know. It's terrible reading that as well, listening to you talk about that, is that uh, things have to go to that level over something, uh, you know, uh, such as the delay. You know, I mean, yeah. if, if if there was fights breaking out every day because of a delayed flight or a cancelled flight, yeah. you know, it, the airports would be chaos because well, there'd be yeah, fights everywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely everywhere, all over the shop. Yeah, it's crazy, really. I don't, I don't know what the. Uh, I don't, well, it, it's just it, lack of information makes people angry. Mind it, they were flying. It says it here. They were going to Palma, Mallorca. Yeah. So I would imagine they, yeah. they, they'd probably had a few beers pre-flight. You know, we we've talked yeah, about that of, before. Sherbet lemons beforehand. Sherbet lemons, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. So moving on to yes, the indeed. next story, which yep. is a pitch one. Matt, will put these up in a minute. Yep, uh, okay. On Flight Global site, and the headline: Air Austral takes first Air Seven Eight Seven Dreamliner. Uh, reunion as Air Astral has taken delivery of its first Boeing 787-8 Dreamliner, becoming the first French operator to take the type. The Rolls-Royce Trent 1000-powered aircraft is scheduled to land at Roland Garros Airport in St. Marie, Reunion Island, on the 25th of May. That was this week, look. 
The state-of-the-art 787 Dreamliner's unique capabilities enable us to launch the... Oh, blimey, this is a hard one to pronounce, Mark. I should have given this story to you. No, no, Z- no, no. Zaudi, Zaudi, I think you pr- don't pronounce a D, so I'm right. going to guess it's Zaudi okay. to Paris Charles de Gaulle route, uh, says Marie-Joseph Mail, Executive Chairman and Chief Executive at Air Austral. The airline announced an order for two 787-8s in 2015, says Boeing. Uh, Flight Global's uh, fleet's analyzer database shows that the carrier has eight aircraft in service, comprising of three 777-300ERs and three 737s and two ATR-72s. The airline also apparently cancelled the two Airbus A380s it had uh, on order earlier this year. There we go, the picture on the screen there of the Air Austral uh, Dreamliner with quite a busy tail there. Indeed, uh, yeah. A lot of um, so, colour going on in that tail it, there. If you make it too busy, I mean, it's not, you're not going to um, you're not going to be able to see it really, really far away, are you? I mean, it just looks a bit noisy, doesn't it? I think. I just uh, I was actually going to find out some uh, info. Yes. Uh, on the airline in question itself. Air Austral uh, is headquartered in St. Marie and Reunion Island. Founded in 1987, has a fleet size of uh, eight aircraft, uh, including this uh, this new Dreamliner that's uh, been brought in here. Um, it's got the, the 737s they do have are the 300 series, so they're quite, uh, quite old ones. And they've got some ATR-72 500s. Um, they have a route uh, destination size of 14 destinations, so very small. It's a very right. small airline, but founded in 1975, Air Austral. Wow. So there we go, a bit of info on the airline there. Indeed. So moving on to the next story yes, on indeed. breaking news, this one. Ooh, breaking news. Uh, and whose go is it? Is it me? It's you. Is it? Okay. So this is uh, vi- Vietjet. Vietjet places an 11... Po- See, when I first read it, I thought that was Virgin, but it isn't, is it? No, no it's Vietjet. It's, uh, Vietjet places an $11.3 billion order for 100 737 MAX aircraft with <laughs> Boeing. <laughs> Which is quite a big order, isn't it? Small order, (laughs) indeed. So Vietjet, I've never heard of them. Please find me some stats immediately. Uh, Vietjet and Boeing have finalised an order for 100 737 Max 200 aircraft, the largest ever commercial aircraft purchase in Vietnam's aviation history. Tran Dai Quang. Uh, President of the Socialist Republic of Vietnam and US President Barack Obama witnessed the historic agreement, which has been valued at approximately $11.3 billion US dollars. Blimey. The signing ceremony conducted at Vietjet, uh, President uh, Nguyen T. Pyong Thao and Boeing Commercial Airlines President Ray Connor, see that's a nice easy name to pronounce, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> took place at the Presidential Palace in Hanoi. The 737 MAX incorporates the latest CFM International Leap 1B engines and advanced winglets to deliver efficiency, reliability and passenger comfort. The new single aisle aircraft has a 40% smaller nose noise footprint than today's single aisle airplanes and will deliver 20% less fuel consumption uh, than the previous 
Generation 737. The Boeing, oh sorry, Boeing is proud again to play an integral role in advancing Vietnam's aviation industry. We're honoured to be joined by President Tran Di Quang and President Obama for this historic milestone. And the order of 100, 100 Max Airlines, says Connor, incorporating the latest design and technology features. The highly efficient 737 MAX will provide Vietjet's growing network with market-leading economics, a superior passenger experience, and contribute significantly to their future success. Boeing will begin delivery of the aircraft in 2019 to be completed by 2023, which will help Vietjet to expand its domestic and international network and increase the fleet to 200. So, it's so a, it's a serious expansion. It's a serious, ex- and it's a serious order for Boeing. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. huge. Um, the Viet Jet, um, are, their hubs are in Tan Son Nat International Airport and Nui Bay International Airport um, in Viet, well, Vietnam. That's what she said. And <laughs> And the fleet size of I'm 35, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Their company slogan is Bay La Tignang, which uh, is enjoy flying. Right, okay. I know, so I'm, I'm, like fluent. You like. I'm fluent with yeah, the yeah, yeah, language yeah, yeah, yeah. there, as you can probably tell. Yes, absolutely. Uh, they, they were commenced operations. Actually, they're quite a new, relatively new airline. They commenced operations on 25th of December <laughs> 2011. Oh, blimey. It's a fairly new... um, Yeah, yeah, but they were founded in 2007, but didn't start operations until 2011. Uh, Fleet-wise, they are... um, Here we go. Fleet-wise, Airbus, mostly Airbus... Uh, and but with this Boeing order, it's obviously going to be uh, it will be a nearly all Boeing airline by the end yeah. of uh, by the time they get all these aircraft from them. Well, we said it before. It seems to make sense if you. If, I, I never really understand why a lot of these airlines have multiple types of aircraft. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because you just think because you're having to carry more spares. You know, of different. Uh, you know, you you can have one sort of spare that fits all, especially like with with most of Ryanair's fleet, for example, being seven three seven dash dash eight hundreds, isn't it? I mean, they're mm. they're more or less the same. The same. What are you laughing at? No, I'm just reading what Dave Abbey's put in the chat room. What's it? I'll, I'll order a pizza now. Delivery in 2024. <laughs> yes, I like yeah. pizza. Pizza is good. Pizza's good. Yes. Indeed. Next story on their Flight Global site yeah. uh, headline: Korean Air Triple Seven evacuated after engine fire. This Ooh. one's a fairly uh, news story for this week. Uh, the Boeing Triple Seven Three Hundred, operated by Korean Air, was evacuated via slides after flames were detected in one of the jet's Pratt and Whitney PW Four Zero Nine Zero engines. Oh the aircraft was taxiing at Tokyo. Haneda Airport and was operating flight KE-2708 to Seoul, Gimpo, when the incident occurred. The plane was taxiing for takeoff when a flame was detected from the engine. I think that's a fire, really, because it's uh, flames, yeah, yeah, the flame detector, yeah, yeah. Um, from the engine number one, says Korean Air. The takeoff was immediately cancelled. All 302 passengers and 18 crew were evacuated lo- yeah, using the aircraft slides. Uh, media footage uh, show the aircraft resting on the taxiway with slides deployed while emergency services sprayed foam all over the left wing. The footage of the aircraft indicates that its registration is Hotel Lima 7534. Flight Global's Ascends Fleet's database shows that the aircraft was delivered to Korean Air in December 1999 and is owned outright by the carrier. Now we'll put the picture on the screen there for those of you watching on YouTube. You can see there the photograph of the aircraft in question 
uh, on the runway there, surrounded by foam and fire trucks with the uh, messy, emergency yeah. slides deployed. Clean up in aisle three. Yeah, yeah definitely a clean up there. Uh, and you can you can just I have seen some photos actually of this uh, on other other news sites of a close up of the engine and there was a, a slight bit of fire damage to the engine that will right. be said. There's no doubt it caught fire then. Oh no no no! But uh, a good outcome, obviously. You know, it, it's good news that this was uh, <coughs> sorted out uh, quickly and swiftly yeah. by uh, by the fire services there with the fire retardant uh, uh, foam and stuff. So uh, a good uh, a good outcome from that. Good outcome, absolutely. And yes. no doubt that aircraft will have a new engine fitted and um, be back <coughs> in the air. Indeed, it, it, mm. well, probably by lunchtime. Yeah, yeah exactly, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Anyway, on to the next story. Uh, this is the Breaking Travel News website, and the headline is Dear Jet. Who's Dear Jet? Dear Jet, I have to look like Okay, up, yeah, uh, yeah, another one for you to look up. More, already, more yes, homework. So, more homework, yes. Yeah, so Dear Jet launches first VVIP Boeing business jet, 787 Dreamliner. So Dear Jet is to become the operator of the world's first VVIP BBJ. 787 Dreamliner, Deerjet and Boeing announced jointly at the European Business Aviation Conference and Exhibition, the largest business aviation event in Europe. This VVIP BBJ 787 is truly a dream jet. It has a range of 16,000 kilometres and can fly non-stop for 17 and a half hours at Mach 0.85. It's lower cabin pressure, fresher air and the 220 metre large cabin area would ensure an extremely comfortable flying experience. At a media event uh, evening held by Boeing, by Boeing, Denzil White, president of Dear Jet's subsidiary Hong Kong Jet, said this VVIP BBJ 787 is the most high-end business jet in the world. Becoming its operator shows the strength of Dear Jet's global operations capabilities. Deerjet currently operates nearly 90 business jets, including four BBJs, which means it already has significant experience operating Boeing business jets. Uh, the famous tourism brand under HNA Group, that's the C-A-I-S-S-A Touristic, has also entered the high-end custom-tailored tourism market over the last two years and has achieved marked success. Zhang Peng, who is the chairman of Deerjet, said, Over the last few years, our stra strategy of customer experience focus has not only brought us more clients, but also allowed us to raise the standards of service to a new level. Although the 787 BBJ is a brand new model for us, we are fully capable of operating it and granting the best experience to our clients. At the same time, we will work with HNA hyphen C-A-I-S-S-A -S -S touristic group to develop a tailor-made journey using the 787 BBJ so that more people can experience the beauty of high-end customised travel. Zhang Peng added that this 787 Boeing business jet will push us to grow faster. Deerjet has developed very rapidly over the last few years. It established Deerjet uh, in Beijing, Deerjet, Shanghai and Hong Kong Jet to optimise its network. It has collaborated with Gulfstream and Dassault Aviation to improve maintenance services. It's also established Honor Aviation Support and has opened eight FBOs across China. In 2015, Deerjet's uh, domestic market share rose to 70% and its international flight hours exceeded 50%. So Deerjet yes. uh, are kind of a, a business jet company uh, over in China. Yeah. Um, they've got um, a fleet. Well, they've got they've got some 
um, smaller 737 sized uh, business jet, BBJs, Boeing right. business jets. So it's kind of like, a, if you can imagine that, a Ryanair plane, very posh inside with right. suites and very nice seats and, and stuff. Well, the Ryanair airplane has um, the seats in it. I mean. <laughs> uh, they've also got an Airbus business jet as yeah. well, uh, an ACJ. They've got a Gulfstream 450, a Hawker 900, and Jetstream 550s. Uh, and they're they're kind of a company you can get you know call up and say I'd like to hire this uh, or BBJ Boeing Business Jet, yeah. and um, the seven three seven they've got has got um, two bedrooms, uh, can carry up to twenty six passengers in quite nice comfort. Twenty six um, passengers, yes, in in the whole of the aircraft. In, in a plane that's the size of a seven three seven. Yes, this is that one. Twenty six. Yeah. Uh, they've got full HD TVs all through the cabin. <laughs> um, very very nice lounge yeah. uh, seats. <laughs> Dave, Dave just put in the chat room. Yeah, nice seat pitch I hear. Yeah. Yes, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, they've got. Um, Blimey. On, on, I'm just looking at their website, dearjetswebsite dot uh, com. If you go on en uh, they've uh, not only actually posted the facts and figures for the uh, 787 BBJ, but they've got the facts and figures for the 737 BBJ that they've got on offer for their uh, for their fleet. Um, but they've also, as I said, they've also got the uh, the Airbus um, uh, jet as well, the business jet as well, which um, which has only got one bedroom in, um, but also has all the uh, usual HD TVs. And I mean, the interiors are fantastic, Matt. If you imagine a business yeah. jet, but a lot bigger. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it, uh, yeah. I mean, it's so it's so. I mean, Graham just said you were expecting this not to be completely ridiculous, Matt. Yes, I know, but it's just like, it's just. Oh, I mean, I, I, it's I, one of those luxuries, Matt. You would have to be incredibly rich know, to be I able know, to use. Absolutely, that just. I mean, it just sounds wonderful just to have no. sort of basically a, you know, a sort of, a, basically a minibus, you know, equivalent, but but like in, in a full size coach, like in in my world. I mean, it just sounds wonderful. Oh, really good. Does, yeah. I'm being mocked, by the way. For the I know, shirt. I can see yes, that in the absolutely. chat room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. As you do. Next story is on Reuters website, and the headline, Airport Screening Made 70,000 Miss American Airlines Flights This yeah. Year. So airport screening delays have caused more than 70,000 American Airlines customers and uh, 40,000 checked bags to miss their flights this year, an executive for the airline told a U.S. congressional subcommittee on Thursday. The shortage of staff, a surge in air travelers, have created a nightmare scenario for the U.S. Transportation Security Administration, or the TSA. Indeed. With airport wait times in places like Chicago stretching beyond two hours, uh, while the TSA is taking steps to shorten lines such as hiring more full-time officers, it lacks the staffing to handle peak travelling times in the summer. Administrator Peter Neffinger said on Wednesday. American, the world's largest airline, wants the TSA to create a senior internal role focused on the travel concerns, said American, uh, American Airlines Group Incorporated Senior Vice President for Customer Experience, Kerry Filipovich. The uh, request comes days after Neffinger shook up the TSA's management, removing the head of security operations, Kelly Hogan. Uh, Filipovich also recommended that the TSA consider reinstating a risk-based screening program that it cancelled last year because of high-profile lapses. In the program, the officers trained to detect irregular behaviour would pull uns, uh, unspic... Uh, uh, um, I need a drink. <laughs> Unsuspicious travellers randomly 
uh, in pre-check lanes that can process people faster as they do not remove their shoes and belongings. The TSA has projected it will screen 740 million people at uh, US airports this year, uh, some 15% more than in 2013, despite a 12% cut in staff. Also, always one of these things, Matt, you know, if, you're gonna, if you've got a massive place such as America with handling this many hundreds of thousands of packages yeah. per day, uh, and then you cut staff. And it's surprising uh, it's it grinds to a halt. Yeah, yeah, it's going to cause, yeah. cause issues. Yeah. I mean, for things such as security and stuff in airports, you, you'd want to them employ more staff, I think. Well, you, and you know, I've, I've probably missed the, missed the plot a bit, but like with Stanston, isn't it, where they've recently done all, spent all that money on, on making a much bigger departure you know, security area, if you see what I mean, and then and then not be allowed to take on the staff required to man it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We, yeah we said about that, didn't we? Like yeah, the passport. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. You, so you can't, you, you know, you've got all these wonderful facilities and these thousands of lanes that they never have open because they can never get, they're, they're not allowed to employ enough staff to, to sort of run each lane. It's just crazy, really, isn't it? You know, I, I, I don't know. They need to, they need to do something about it. Don't they? So next story uh, is Matt, and Matt actually done a bit of um, groundwork with this. But on, we'll read with the story, story and we'll come back. Mm. Uh, and it's the breaking travel news is the website, and the headline is Norwegian launches low cost flights to Las Vegas from Gatwick, which is great news. Now Norwegian is continuing the expansion of its low cost long haul network by launching a new direct route to the bright lights of Las Vegas from London Gatwick. The twice weekly flights will launch from London Gatwick on the 31st of October. October, uh, on the airline's brand new Boeing 787-9 Dreamliner aircraft, which will feature two cabins, premium and economy. The service will depart Gatwick for Las Vegas International Airport on Monday and Thursday, perfect for a weekend break uh, in the City of Lights. Norwegian Chief Commercial Officer uh, Thomas Ramdahl said that Las Vegas is a fantastic addition to our growing transatlantic network from the UK, Viva, uh, Viva Low Cost, Viva Las Vegas. Norwegian is bringing more competition to the UK market, which is a win-win for customers by creating more choice and affordable fares for all. We will continue to provide Brits with low-cost and easier access to more parts of the US while offering a high quality service in the newest aircraft. We look forward to adding Las Vegas to our network from London Gatwick. From London Gatwick, Norwegian is the only airline to offer UK passengers direct low cost flights to the US and the Caribbean. Las Vegas will become Norwegian's eighth US route. Uh, with flights currently operating from London Gatwick to New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, uh, Boston, uh, Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, and Puerto Rico. Uh, the uh, so Norwegian has put on sale a record 425,000 transatlantic seats from Gatwick this summer as the airline continues to introduce brand new, larger Boeing 787-9 Dreamliner aircraft that offer 300. And forty-four seats. Now, uh, what was rather interesting? Matt's got some interesting cause, cause info. I, I looked at um, I looked at these uh, these flights because the thing I said to Carl when we were reading these stories out before the show started, I said I'm always very very sceptical when they don't give you uh, prices. For the, for the, so for those of you in the UK yep. who are listening, yeah. Matt has done some delving. I have indeed. Uh, as I say, because I was a bit suspicious because we weren't getting, uh, uh, you know, sort of any any figures. Now, uh, I think we should um, 
uh, I think it's an, aver- an average cost to go from London to uh, Las Vegas, Carlos. Now, I know you went recently. Yeah, I went so, recently. And, and how much was that? So our, we, we well, flew... Let's base on a return flight. Re- so if, return so flight, So we're doing yeah. a return flight. So the return flights that we went to Vegas on from London Gatwick yeah. to Las Vegas um, just for a week, flying out on a... Oh, what did we fly out on a... Uh, Saturday, did we fly out on a Saturday? Or was it a Sunday? Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, I think it was a Saturday we flew out on. Uh, so we flew out on the Saturday for a week from Vegas with Virgin... Uh, so Atlantic. a good airline, at least. Yeah, very good airline. And uh, the flights came in around about £1,200 return. Wow. And that was an economy. That was for two people. That right? was for two people, So, yeah. so, so, it's, so 600 quid each. Yeah, so basically 600 pounds 600 quid each. Right, now, okay. So I went, I went on this morning uh, for uh, to Norwegian's website. He did. Now, I'm going... Uh, not, not that I am theoretically going, theoretically as I'm thinking how lovely because it's my it's the 10th anniversary of my 30th birthday uh, <laughs> in November and I thought how lovely would it be to go to Las Vegas to you know for my for my 10th anniversary of my, of my 30th and so I, I just put the dates in and I was a little bit shocked uh, in fact I gasped didn't I when I was when I was telling you Matt got his wallet out and immediately booked I, I, I did yeah well if, if, if there had if there had been this figure in my bank account I would have done uh, exactly that this morning so basically uh, I, I looked at because uh, my birthday's on the 29th as an example so I looked to see what it would cost to fly out so that I could have Basically, Tuesday the 29th of November out in Las Vegas. So I, thought, I looked at it to thought I'd just do the Monday to the Thursday just as a way of sort of uh, just working out my, my, uh, my flight. Uh, basically, uh, fly out on the Monday. So Monday the 28th is 179 UK pounds sterling. That's 179 179 pounds. And then coming back on the Thursday, because uh, they only do two flights a week, was 151 pounds Thirty. So I could do a return flight from London Gatwick What's to Las Vegas for three hundred and thirty pounds and thirty pence. Three hundred and thirty quid. Three hundred and thirty. So in US return, dollars for our yeah. US listeners, that's uh, at the moment that works out about four hundred and eighty-two dollars. That's ridiculous for a return flight from the UK to Las Vegas. Las Vegas. I mean, that is just. I, I mean. As I say, I was sceptical at the fact that there weren't any prices on the site, and it was just, you know, are we doing a PTUK trip to Vegas? Vegas. Yeah, why not? Yeah, it sounds lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yes, Yes, thank you, Jacob. Yes, I I can't say the the number that you've written up there. It's not real yet. Uh, Yes, it is. is. I'm afraid I've been doing that most of the year, haven't I? It's the 10th anniversary of my 30th. That's the best way. To but how cheap it. is that? It's Honestly, that is ridiculously money. cheap. I can't know how cheap that is. They're, Seriously, they're I can't offering how cheap it is. Uh, they're offering premium and standard economy on that flight. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting to find out how much it would cost to go in a premium economy. At three hundred and thirty pounds return, I wouldn't care if I was sat in the luggage bay underneath. <laughs> frankly, I can't get over how cheap it is. But they're using their they're using their new Dash Nine on that route, the Dreamliner. Yeah. So that'd be awesome. This is it. This is what I can't. Yeah. I mean, it's, so it's not even a, a, a crappy aircraft. I mean, it's just. No. I mean, it's. I, I well, I mean, I I really really hope that they can make it really work because I mean, they, oh, yeah. this is an amazing way. I mean, re, I mean, it makes it very affordable for for you know humble people like at that, me. At that price, I'd be surprised if they can't fill the aircraft. <laughs> 
very well, surprised. I mean, something's very wrong if they can't fill it yeah. at, the, at, the, at, the, at those prices, really. So next story, yeah, uh, following on from that, on breaking news, uh, breaking travel news site, and uh, headline, uh, again, Norwegian adds two new Boeing 787-9s to their fleet. Uh, Norwegian has signed an agreement to lease two new 787-9 Dreamliners uh, to be delivered in spring 2018. Uh, with the new agreement, the company's long-haul fleet will consist of 42 Dreamliners by 2020. Norwegian also ex exercises uh, eight of its 100 Boeing 737 MAX 8 purchase options. Norwegian continues to expand its long-haul fleet and international presence by signing an agreement with CIT Aerospace uh, to lease two new Boeing 787-9 Dreamliner aircraft. Norwegian Chief Executive Bjorn Kjos said, in order to offer customers more routes and make our intercontinental operation more competitive, we need more brand new uh, cost-efficient aircraft. The, our intercontinental operation is crucial to the company's global growth and creation of new jobs. The Dreamliner is a great aeroplane with high passenger con uh, comfort, uh, long range, uh, low fuel burn, and reduced emissions. Norwegian currently operates uh, eight 787-8 Dreamliners and two 787-9 Dreamliners. The company's long-haul fleet will consist of 42 Dreamliners by 2020. Wow. In 2015, Norwegian was voted the most fuel-efficient transatlantic airline by renowned International Council on Clean Transportation. Wow, very good. So there we go. I mean, yeah. Norwegian. We we seriously need to uh, to 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 fly Norwegian. Yeah, it's defi I think. Definitely one to watch, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it's, they they could be they could be a sort of like a you know for a, anyone a, listening a less yeah. un, a less unpleasant version of, of Ryanair. Essentially, for, for anyone listening from Norwegian Airlines, uh, me and Matt would love to fly Ooh, the yeah. first flight to Vegas to uh, yeah, let all our listeners know how good it how is. How amazing is it? You know, uh, you know, call, call it my birthday present. Call it That's Matt's fortieth yeah, yeah, birth, yeah. and mine's in August my, as well. My what? My what? Uh, the thirtieth thingy yeah. of the um, <laughs> uh, birthday yeah. year. Did. Yeah, yours is so, in August, isn't it? You, yeah, you, yeah, you actually turned that magical number first. First, yeah. You? Anyway, <laughs> moving on swiftly <laughs> yeah, to sorry. the yes, okay, uh, yes, to the uh, last the, story. The last story in the commercial section. This again is the breaking travel news website. The headline is Delta Airlines launches year-round Edinburgh to New York flight. That's quite exciting. Uh, Delta Airlines will launch its new non-stop flight between Edinburgh and New York's JFK. Uh, airports today offering more onward connections and onboard amenities than any other airline serving this route. The new service extends Delta's UK network into Scotland and will operate year-round, offering customers a choice of 60 onward connections throughout the US, including popular destinations such as Los Angeles, Orlando and San Francisco. We're looking forward to launching uh, the service to Scotland, offering extensive travel options throughout the US for customers in the the Edinburgh area, as well as bringing thousands more American visitors to Scotland, said Frank, uh, who he was the Delta Vice President of Sales for Europe, Middle East and Africa. Plus, as the only year-round non-stop flight between Edinburgh and New York JFK, we are confident that the route will expand trade and tourism opportunities. Visit Scotland Statistics estimate that the new flight has the potential to bring an additional £23 million to the Scottish tourism industry in one year alone. 
The, US, U, the United States is the number one inbound tourism market to Scotland with nearly half a million visitors in 2014, an increase of 100,000 compared to the previous year. Scottish government data also reports that overall tourism expenditure in the country stood at around £9.7 billion in 2014. Malcolm Roughhead who is the chief executive at Visit Scotland, said Scottish tourism punches above its weight on the world stage and this new Delta Airlines service from New York to Edinburgh will be another fantastic boost, strengthening our con connectivity in the North American market by unlocking Delta's vast internal network. The USA is our biggest global market and uh, a Dastrofra uh, what Di diaspora i don't even know what that is a diaspora <laughs> stronghold and with visitors spending an average of almost 900 pounds per trip the flights have the potential to bring an incredible 23 million pounds to the economy our history and heritage is a huge appeal for u.s visitors and so it's appropriate that passengers will begin their exploration of the spirit of scotland just a stone's throw from the majestic Edinburgh Castle. Now, to be fair, I recently visited Scotland with Mother, as you know, and I have to say it is a country that I have literally fallen in love with. It is you did a enjoy, stunning, yeah. stunning part of the world, and we shall be going back there in our caravan very soon. Oh, well done, well done. Indeed. In your absolutely. caravan? In my caravan, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Indeed. Um, we, did have a, we did a message actually sent to us uh, via Facebook uh, earlier on um, today and uh, it, was a, it was a bit of a sad news actually I'll just sort of leave this till the end um, but it was uh, actually happened yesterday and it was on the ABC News website and um, the headline was a small World War II era uh, plane crashed in the Hudson River um, the small World War II vintage aircraft taking part in celebrations of its 75th anniversary flew a partial loop while smoke spewed from it and then crashed into the Hudson River between the New York and New Jersey on Friday. Uh, divers recovered the, uh, the body uh, from the wreckage um, of a 56-year-old uh, pilot who was on board the aircraft. Uh, sad news indeed. Uh, it was a P-47 Thunderbolt. Uh, that crashed uh, yesterday at 7.30 p.m., around 7.30 p.m. Um, in U.S. time yesterday. Uh, sad news indeed. Obviously, you know, uh, it's, um, it's all, all, always a shame to hear of, uh, you know, such, you know, um, well, bad news coming about from, mm. uh, from old vintage aircraft like this, and obviously the loss of the pilot as well. Yeah, it's very sad news indeed. Thoughts go out to his family, obviously, from all of us here. Yeah, um, there's not a lot of news about that. It's, uh, it was kind of sort of breaking news last night on yeah. here, but, um, yeah, the, the, the crash, uh, it was, I don't know what the celebrations were. It was 75th anniversary celebrations uh, for something in the U.S. It doesn't really, the story doesn't really say an awful lot here. Um, but uh, no sad news. But hopefully uh, they'll they'll get to the uh, bottom of um, of what uh, caused that crash, and they'll obviously recover the wreckage from uh, yeah. from the Hudson as well. Uh, so we'll finish the commercial news segment Indeed. there. Yeah. And uh, we have got, as Matt said uh, earlier, we've got a segment from Pip. We have, yeah. And uh, we have, uh, yeah, we've got a segment from Pip and and and. And a bit of military news as well. Indeed, yes. But uh, for the very for the moment, at least, we should just take a very very short break. We'll be right back after these short messages. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices in Your Head dot com. 
The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal. Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pay us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines. Well, not anymore. I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Grant, Grant, turn that down. Here at Plane Crazy Down Under, we've got pilots, engineers, air traffic controllers, industry leaders, even politicians dropping by to talk to us about the amazing world of aviation right here in Australia and occasionally in New Zealand as well. Wow, that's cooler than I thought, mate. Find us at PlaneCrazyDownUnder.com, on iTunes, or lurking about on other people's podcasts just like this one. We've got crazy accents and lots of great aviation content. And we promise not to talk about the cricket. No, never. Not the cricket. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> what is cricket anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there oh. we <laughs> And we're back. We certainly are. Hello, yes, everyone. Absolutely. Hello, and the yeah, there's a, we've got the some more. Gone crazy. The chat room's yeah. gone crazy. <laughs> loads, loads of people have just popped in in the chat room. Good yeah. morning, or yeah, good morning to uh, to the main man. That is Micah. Ah, the legend. Evan Shue has popped in in the chat yeah. room as well. Good morning to you. Uh, Neville has just said that's what she said. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Trying to keep on your toes now, yes, absolutely. Strong coffee is clearly strong the way coffee, forward. Strong yes, coffee, strong coffee. So uh, what have we got coming up for you now then, Well, Matt? it's very, very exciting because it is, uh, he had a week off last week, but uh, the legend that is Pilot Pip returns for his segment. And I believe you set him this homework, did you not? Yeah, I yeah. set uh, Pip some homework. We were going to play this segment for you last week, but uh, we had uh, a few editing um, um, sort of uh, yeah. bits and pieces. Yeah, absolutely. So, we, we, so we, we thought we'd save it for you yeah, for this absolutely. week. But I did set Pip some homework. Yeah. And uh, he came good with uh, what I asked him. It's a, it's a subject, I think, that uh, is on a lot of people's minds. Yeah. So, um, yes. yeah. And essentially, it's basically uh, along the lines of, so uh, essentially, uh, what happens in the event of a pilot being incapacitated during his flight. Plane safety from the flight deck with Pilot Pip. Hello, everyone out there in Plane Talking UK land, it's Pip here with another Safety from the Flight Deck segment. And in this little segment we're looking at pilot incapacitation. What happens when a pilot becomes incapacitated through uh, illness or some environmental factor? Now luckily this doesn't happen very often, but I suppose occasionally people, just due to the frailties of being human, people fall ill, heart attacks and strokes, but there are other forms of incapacitation, not just getting ill. Uh, hypoxia, for instance, springs instantly to mind, lack of oxygen. 
But before we look at what we do when it does happen, uh, we do have a couple of uh, defences to help us recognise when it's about to happen. And one of those would be following our SOPs, our standard operating procedures, which includes something called the two communication rule. So uh, there are certain calls we make, certain checks, which need to have a verbal response. So for instance, I'm thinking one of the first ones that we use uh, on the takeoff roll, safe jets, for instance, on the takeoff roll, we have a call at 80 knots. So the pilot monitoring checks the airspeed on both ASIs, and as it passes 80 knots, he calls 80 knots, and the pilot flying, who will be, or the handling pilot, who will be eyes outside the aircraft at this point, calls check. And the purpose of this 80 knots call, well, it's a couple of reasons. One of them is to check that both ASIs are both uh, alive and in sync. They're both passing 80 knots at the same point. But it's also an incapacitation check. Uh, we're checking that the pilot flying is still alive. Now, it's extremely unlikely that in the few seconds between having set the power, which he also checked, and 80 knots that he's died or fallen unconscious or something, but it is a useful check at a critical stage of flight just before we're going to get airborne. So at 80 knots, he calls 80 knots and the response should be check. If he doesn't get a response, then the procedure is to call 80 knots again to repeat the call, but in a more positive tone. So 80 knots. Again, if he doesn't get a response, if he doesn't get a check, then the pilot monitoring is supposed to take control of the aircraft at that point. And at that 80 knots, still in the sort of low speed regime, uh, he would more than likely bring the aircraft to a stop. In reality, what you do if you didn't get a response, you'd probably look across at your colleague and, and give him a poke, perhaps. And if he's quite obviously dead, then you'll take control and stop the aircraft. If he's just got his mind elsewhere, then perhaps you might continue. But that would be an example of the two communication rule. But that concept goes for a lot of other calls as well. So we usually, when we make these standard procedure calls, we expect a response from the other pilot. And it's just a way of A, confirming that the loop has been closed, that the action and the process has been followed and completed, but it's also a good incapacitation check. But what do we do when it does happen? Now, as I say, it's pretty rare, but I'm sure we've all seen that classic documentary airplane, and we know the rule, you don't eat the fish. But if you do eat the fish and you get some uh, bad bout of food poisoning or something worse, you have a stroke or a heart attack or something, well, it's not the end of the world. Uh, it can be stressful, of course, and uh, it could be an emergency situation. But depending on the severity, it's not going to be something beyond the capabilities of the, the remaining pilot to handle, or at least I hope not. Of course, uh, aircraft, transport aircraft are designed with two pilots in mind there operated as two pilot crews it needs two pilots to fly them that doesn't mean however that you can't fly them on your own perfectly feasible to fly an aircraft on your own i mean part of the reason we have two pilots in the cockpit amongst other things is uh two minds are better than one you know two minds working on the same problem uh, you're less likely to make mistakes or you're more likely to catch mistakes that the other guy has made that's part of the reason why we fly with two people but that's not to say it's not entirely possible to fly the aircraft on your own as a single pilot. And it's something we do practice in the simulators every so often. We practice pilot incapacitations at various points in the flight. So once you've recognized that your crew member, the captain or the first officer has become incapacitated, you're probably gonna want to start thinking about diverting somewhere. Um, you know, if he's had a heart attack or a stroke or something, you wanna get on the ground as quickly as possible. So you're gonna possibly declare a mayday 
request a diversion to a nearest suitable airfield and you're probably going to also request that emergency medical services there will be there waiting for your arrival now there have been some cases where this has happened that the pilot has requested uh, for additional help on the flight deck so perhaps an off-duty pilot or someone with flying experience uh, who's sat in the back as a passenger or possibly one of the flight attendants they might ask them to come up and, and help perhaps help making radio calls or reading checklists personally and this is purely me this is just my opinion I for me that would be more trouble than it's worth I think I would rather just handle the flight on my own from that point I'm familiar enough with my aircraft and how it works to be able to comfortably handle it on my own but perhaps I could imagine a situation where that may not be the case perhaps uh, a new inexperienced pilot or a pilot new to the type um, you know if there's a, a, another pilot or a, someone with flight experience down the back then I suppose they could be of some use that would be a judgment call I think but probably the key thing when you're down to one pilot when you're flying on your own would be to not rush it would probably be quite tempting to want to get on the ground as quickly as possible to fly some super fast approach and be the hero and, and save your buddy's life get him to a hospital as soon as possible but of course you've still got many people in the back whose safety you need to consider so for me personally I would make an effort not to rush and I would be very deliberate about what I'm doing so for instance with checklists I would be very thorough with the checklist in fact what I do when we practice it in the sim I go through the checklist and I read it out aloud to myself and I sound a bit like a robot but I'll go through and I'll each item accomplish the item and say out loud to myself check I would probably even do the same thing with an arrival briefing I would read it out loud as though I were giving the briefing to my colleague I would do exactly as I do normally with two people give a full and thorough arrival briefing so I know exactly what I'm doing and I'm not going to miss anything now if you do choose to have someone come up and help you on the flight deck perhaps one of the flight attendants then we do have procedures for that we have some of the flight attendants will be familiar with the procedure where they can use and read the checklists for us and they will be familiar and will receive training in the use of checklists not necessarily the, the technicalities behind them the, the why we do them or how the aircraft systems work but they'll be familiar with the concept of reading a checklist reading the item waiting for the pilot to action the item and to confirm that's been done and we also have some hand signals that we might want to employ perhaps if we're busy on the radio or perhaps if the pilot the remaining pilots wearing an oxygen mask it's very difficult to verbally communicate when you're wearing an oxygen mask so we the use of hand signals might become appropriate so for instance a thumbs up fairly obviously means read the checklist or continue with a checklist uh, a closed fist held up by the pilot means stop the checklist and then following that another thumbs up means continue with the checklist and then just to finish up a quick word about recognizing incapacitation now if your colleague has a, a violent heart attack and quite obviously dies next to you well then that's very obvious but more often than not incapacitation will be quite a subtle thing it may not be obvious what's happening or it may not happen very quickly at all it might be quite a slow process so for instance something like hypoxia which more than likely would affect both pilots but hypoxia is quite a insidious process it creeps up on you quite slowly and it's quite hard to recognize it may not be obvious at all what's happening so it's important to to be on the lookout for warning signs perhaps you you notice your colleague is becoming uh, maybe a little bit confused or maybe they're making some sloppy 
decisions, making, saying some odd things. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you notice that they're going to the bathroom rather a lot. There could be all kinds of little giveaway telltale signs that your colleague is uh, suffering. And it may get to the point where you have to say to your colleague, are you okay to continue? Do you need to declare yourself unfit? Do I need to, you know, do we need to get a flight attendant up here with the first aid kit? What can we do for you? But as I say, if and when it does happen, it's not a panic situation. The aircraft's certainly not going to fall out of the sky. And hopefully the remaining pilot will be well capable of handling the aircraft all on his own. So for now, that's the end of this little segment. I'll hopefully be back next week with something else. Until then, take care, everyone, and fly safe. Bye. And a massive thank you to the pilot, that is Pip. The legend, that is, the legend that is Pip, yeah. for his segment. Thank you very Absolutely. much, Pip. We it's really that, do appreciate ironically, it. Ironically, it's sort of put my mind at rest, really. I mean, as you say, I, I, you always assume, because you need a pilot and a co-pilot, mm. that, that you, you, need, you need like both in order to sort of function. But as he, as he was saying there, I mean, you, you could... Uh, you could more or less do it on your own. Also, what I, I, I'm kind of with Pip. Actually, it's like, do you know what? Actually, I don't want a member of the flight crew trying to help me. I'll, 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 I'll manage. Thanks. Do you know what I mean? Because I suppose they're two different disciplines, aren't they? Unless they've got sort of you know flying background and stuff. Perhaps I I, I, my my hand would be the first one up. I'd quite happily. Yes. I'm not sure that, uh, that flying around in your little Cessna will help you a great deal when it comes to. I know. <laughs> but don't forget, <laughs> but you can uh, you can find uh, find Pip over on his show at the Plane Safety Podcast. Uh, yep. Pip's latest episode was uh, number twenty eight. And that was his uh, London Marathon podcast yes. that he done uh, whilst he whilst he done the London Marathon, uh, indeed, um, as you do, which is an amazing do, yeah. episode because he done the he done, he kind of got through the alphabet of uh, different <laughs> safety issues while he was doing um, doing the London Marathon. But uh, no, thanks very much for that, Pip. Indeed. As always, hopefully we'll have another segment for you next week from uh, from the legend that is Pilot. And, and on that subject, actually, if there's any subject matter regarding plane safety that you think might be an ideal topic. Um, the, uh, for Pip to to sort of look up for us and do a segment for. If you've got any ideas uh, about the sort of things that uh, that might uh, that we might be able to set him as homework uh, that you'd like to know about, then do please uh, email us uh, to the <laughs> usual place. It is podcast at plaintalkinguk dot com. Uh, and uh, hello, he's laughing. What's happened? Oh, everyone's just appreciating the fact that you have man flu. I don't the, have uh, man flu. I'm out of bed. I can't. <laughs> man flu. Man flu is in- incapacitating. On the subject of incapacitating pilots, I've got incapacitated pi- podcast podcast hosts. Host. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm out of bed. It's fine. He's it, out of bed. It's not man flu. I promise it's not man flu. I I I I sound worse than I actually am. It has to be said. But uh, yes, uh, anyway, uh, as you were, uh, back on the task. <laughs> back at on hand. the task yes, at hand. Indeed. So uh, the chat rooms, uh, chat rooms filled up a bit more ooh, ooh, since um, we've been going as well. Uh, well yeah, the the, the, the <laughs> sorry, the brain's gone. No, you're um, right. Uh, 
the uh, we're running a little uh, thing. We're asking what your favourite airline is at the moment. Aren't we? Yes, and yes, uh, we we're are. going to run that for another week. So if you haven't yeah. done so already, uh, so, so exactly what are we asking? So what we're asking then to all our listeners, yes, for those of you who haven't already, because we have had a, quite a few emails in from some of the listeners, what we're asking is uh, what is your favourite airline? So the favourite airline that you have flown on and you absolutely love. Matt's just showing us the mugs there. No, no, no. Uh, and uh, your... Mike has said that the cure was, was antihistamines and, oh, a, right, and okay. a good brew, you see. Well, I, I have in my hand a good brew. So what is your, your favourite airline and, and your reason why? So obviously for Matt, his favourite airline would be Ryanair. Why would be because of the hot paninis. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so that it, uh, it, indeed that. So for uh, your answers, if yes, you could email yes, your answers, real answers into please. yes, uh, it is uh, as the the usual place. It's podcast at playtalkinguk.com. Feel free to tweet it to us if you wish, um, which would be uh, just use our Twitter handle. So include um, uh, at playtalkinguk, uh, and then we'll get the message. Uh, but uh, yes, so so get those in, please, because we want to try and compile the uh, the compile top the ten if you compile like, the list, yeah. for uh, next week. So get those in. Indeed. So we have got uh, some military news. Uh, yes, you. yes, it is a mug of Earl Grey, by the way. <laughs> Obviously, it has to be nothing else. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, yes, indeed, thank you, uh, Micah. Uh, that's what she said. See, he's re- sorry, he doesn't sorry, respond anywhere near there. fast enough, does he? We got, we've got to try and keep. I'm him catching your cold. Yeah, that's why. Hey, indeed. Anyway, uh, it's time then uh, to do the military. So let's have some military news. Are you ready, Mr. Yes, yes, Mr. Yes. Caravan Man? Mr. Okay, Ca- let's go. As Matt blows his nose, <laughs> Will's do- <laughs> so sorry, I'm lovely. Sorry, sorry. So the first uh, <laughs> first military news story on Flight Global site headline: Royal Air Force Voyager begins F thirty five B refueling certification. So we, hit, we do have a tanker story. This is getting like the airplane geeks now. We have a tanker story every week, <laughs> near enough. The Royal Air Force's Airbus A330 Voyager will become the fourth non-US aerial refueling tanker to be certified to fill up the Lockheed Martin F-35 Lightning II. Following recent tests with an F-35B at the Naval Air Station, Patu, 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 Oh, blimey. Patu, Patu, Sorry, I'm reading the chat room. I need to stop reading the chat room. It's, in Maryland. It's distracting. He's yeah. reading the chat room. Yeah. We've got elephants in the studio, by the Have way. Have we? Yes. Mike uh, thinks we've got elephants in the studio. Oh, I know. The Voyager, <laughs> a modified A330-200 airliner designated to KC-30, has already, I'm turning Matt's mic down now, has performed five of 20 planned test flights with the final one expected by mid-June to achieve the F-35 tanking certification. The Royal Australian Air Force's own version of the multi-role tanker transport, the MRTT, the KC-30A, completed its F-35A refueling trials at Edwards Air Force Base in California in late 2015. An Italian Air Force KC-767A was the first tanker not owned and operated by the US military to receive F-35 certification. It went on to support the first transatlantic crossing of the Lightning II in February this year. A Dutch kc 
uh, KDC-10 completed its first F-35 refueling on the March the 31st and is now helping early model Royal Netherlands Air Force F-35s fly home for a demonstration tour to drum up support with 37 fighter jets on order. Now, the KDC-10 uh, is uh, the refueling tanker that me and Matt and Pip went on board last uh, last year at Riyadh. Um, that was a big three-engined uh, aircraft that uh, we managed to leave uh, most of our photography equipment on Indeed, while yes, we yeah. were at the show. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, a, it's a great news for for the Royal Air Force. We've got a picture there. If Matt can put that on the screen of uh, of the 330 MRTT refueling the F-35. There we go. For those of you in the YouTube chat room, a lovely picture there of, uh, of that uh, refueling going on there. Awesome. We hope to see... Uh, the F-35s at uh, at Riyadh and hopefully Farnborough this year. That'll be good yeah, um, to see those there finally after the years of waiting. Next story <laughs> is for Matt. It's a picture story. It is. All right. Okay. This, um, this, will, keep, this will keep me busy then. Okay. So the next story is, uh, this is Flight Global again, and the headline is pictures. Uh, so this is the Royal... Uh, RAAF, what is it? The Royal Australian Air Force. There we go, sorry. The Royal Australian Air Force's first P, P-8A conducts maiden flights. Poseidon. So the first Poseidon. So the first Boeing P-8A Poseidon maritime patrol aircraft due for the Royal Australian Air Force, RAAF, has completed its maiden sortie. So the aircraft, which is based on the 737 commercial airliner, flew from Boeing's Renton production facility to nearby Boeing Field says the RAAF in a statement. Now this is quite a nice picture, actually. I quite like this. I'm going to bring that one up while we're while we're doing this. As with the P-8s uh, operated by the U.S. Navy and the P-8I uh, Neptunes operated by the Indian Navy, the aircraft's mission system will be installed at Boeing's field. It will fly to Australia in late 2016. Uh, uh, Canberra ordered uh, 8P-8s under the Air 7000 program. It has options for four additional examples. Uh, the type will replace the RAAF's fleet of Lockheed. Oh, no, no, no Lockheeds are being replaced. Mm. Uh, Martin P3 aircraft. Flight Global's fleet analyzer shows that the RAAF operates 15 P-3Cs, the average age of which is 33.5 years. There we go. Matt's put the pictures Sorry, uh, on the Canberra screen. also in, intends to... So it's not very easy for me to do a picture story and read it. I know. <laughs> Challenging. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah, so Canberra also intends to obtain the Northrop Grumman MQ-4C tri uh, Triton unmanned air vehicle to complement the new type. Thanks Lovely for that. pictures. Yeah. Okay. I like to like to uh, challenge uh, yeah. you with the shows. the keypad, trying so to make good, it all um, Yeah, absolutely. But uh, no, always interesting. Do you like that, Matt? The, to see the I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with no the, windows. Bring, yeah, absolutely. Bring no that windows. one up. Yeah. There we go. Matt. Here we go. Uh, no, I can't get it. Try that. There we go. I can't make it work. There we go. Yes. No, it's good, isn't it? Yes. It's very. Uh, I suppose from from up in the sky, it would look very differently. No, no, no. It looks exactly the same from underneath. Anyway. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not two-edged, obviously. For of, you know, fuel, yes. fuel economy, fuel et cetera, economy, et cetera. Yes, 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 very good, very good. Yes, yes. Next story moving on on Flight Global site, and the USAF picks Colson Aviation to outfit the HC 130H's Hercules for firefighting. 
So the U.S. Air Force has picked the Colson Aviation USA retired and aerial delivery systems to outfit seven former Coast Guard Lockheed Martin HC-130H search and rescue turboprops as firefighting assets for the Forestry Service. The 15,000-litre or 4,000-gallon system that can jettison uh, 6,000 litres or 1,600 gallons of retardant per second was chosen over other types like the Modular Airborne Firefighting System, MAFFS, which is already used by the Air National Guard and Reserve. The C-130s support the Wildfire Mission, which have had problems with in Canada. I think they've had some pretty serious wildfires, haven't they, over there. Uh, the selection of Canada's Colson Group to deliver firefighting system for the HC-130H platforms concludes a long-running contract process that began in July 2014 and entered source selection one year ago with the release of the final statement of work in 2015. Under a congressionally mandated plane swap deal, the Forestry Service is receiving second-hand Coast Guard aircraft in exchange for the USAF transferring 14 of 21 Alina C-27J Spartan airlifters, which it retired upon delivery in 2013 to the Homeland Security Service. A congressional directive in the fiscal year 2014 National Defense Authorization Act called on for the Air Force to modify the former Coast Guard aircraft on behalf of the Forestry Service, which it has a minuscule aviation budget compared to the military. The C-27Js would then augment the Coast Guard's Airbus Defence and Space CN-235-based HC-144 Ocean Sentry in the medium-range surveillance role. The $16.4 million contract uh, to design, manufacturing and install the HC-130 H retardant delivery system was awarded to Colson Aviation on the 18th of May via the contracting office at Robbins Air Force Base, Georgia. The statement of work uh, called for the installation of seven 13,200-litre or 3,500-gallon uh, systems, including one trial kit, one verification kit, and three production units, and two option units under a four-year period. Wayne Colson, Chief Executive President of Colson Aviation, explains in a company statement that the RADS XXL retardant delivery system was developed in 2012 for installation on the company's for hire C-130H firebomber that supported summer firefighting operations in Australia and is now on contract with the US government. I mean, pop a picture on the screen yeah. there. Pop of, that one up. I did the one previously. There we go. Yeah, of yeah, uh, go. of this in action. Uh, that looks amazing. Dumping fire retardant it, yeah. there. Uh, uh, obviously, these are these are uh, uh, you know a really important part of firefighting yeah, services. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something we don't see an awful lot in the UK. No, I, I don't no, think we have. Well, any, I think uh, we're lucky that we don't get the the rampant the fires. fires and yeah, things. it's not hot enough here. That's that's why we don't get the extreme sun like they do in, in America. I mean, Australia especially. I mean, they've had terrible trouble, haven't they? This this last couple of years. Mm. Yeah, it's very. very um, I, I've just been picked up on my pronunciation again. Jay, Jay, pronunciation. Yes, absolutely. Because I I'd be, I've been pronouncing it uh, incorrectly. Because uh, it, it, it should be Canberra. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, and, uh, as a should be Canberra, not Canberra, which I keep, I keep oh. doing a bit like Farnborough. And yeah. Well, as we yeah. always say, this is why we have a chat. We room. do indeed. Yes, because <laughs> they can correct me on all the things that I keep getting at ring. Yes. Are you ready well, for the last story? No, I'm not. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Last so, story then on the Royal yeah. Air Force's website. Indeed, yes. So the last story, and this is 
Um, moving, uh, so I can't read it. Hang on. There we go. <laughs> so, yes, so the headline is Classic Jack Showcase at RAF Cosford Air Show. Organisers at the RAF Cosford Air Show outline plans for their theme showcasing the evolution of the jet engine, which will dominate the flying displays on Sunday the 19th of June. The latest aircraft will be added to, uh, to, uh, to sorry, the latest aircraft to be added to the flying display is a Folland Nat, which is used by the RAF during the 1960s and 1970s for tr- uh, flying training, and also for air displays by the world's famous Red Arrows. The Nat display, they don't use the Nat now, do they? No, the Folland Nat. No, that's what they originally. Yeah, that's had originally, many years originally ago. what they had, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, so the Nat display team will be joined at the show by the Sea Vixen, a unique carrier. Um, uh, carrier-borne fighter, uh, of which, um, sorry, the mouse keeps moving, Carlos. I don't know what you it's keep doing, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, that's. Yeah, I thought I'd switched it off. Yeah, it there we keeps, go. Not, anyway, sorry. Uh, yes, another jet appearing at the show is the Michael. Uh, is the ah, here we go, Mikoyan. Gurevich MiG-15 UTI a type never seen before at RAF Cosford the MiG-15 is a Cold War Soviet fighter which is now operated by the Norwegian Air Force Historical Squadron to showcase the Cold War enemy of NATO the MiG-15 is believed to have been one of the most widely produced jet aircraft ever made in excess of 12,000 were manufactured of course the Royal Air Force's main combat jet the Eurofighter Typhoon will also be displaying as part of the jet engine theme to showcase the power and agility of the modern combat jets of today. Peter Rioch, who is, who is part of the airshow operations team, said, Classic jets are always a crowd favourite, and we're excited to have such a diverse array of them taking part in the flying display this year. With these exciting additions, we're reminding people that tickets for the airshow will not be available to buy on the gate, so they need to buy them soon to avoid missing out. The speed theme continues on the ground with rare experimental aircraft being rolled out from the RAF Museum to join the static aircraft exhibitions, including the Bristol 188, the Avro 707, and the Fair... Is it the Fair... Fairy? Fair, fairy, yes. Fairy, fairy Delta sl- Two, uh, which held the world airspeed record for a short time in 1956. There will also be an aircraft hangar dedicated to speed displays, including an exhibition of jet engines and displays detailing the life of Sir Frank Whittle, the British inventor of the jet engine. Tickets for RAS Cosford, RAF, sorry, Cosford Air Show are available to purchase from selected Mid Counties co- co-ops, the RAF Museum, at RAF Cosford, and Hendon. Midlands uh, Airport Museum or Air Museum in Coventry and on our website www.cosfordairshow.co.uk. Tickets are £25 per adult with accompanied children under 16 entering free. Awesome. Indeed. So, so I'm just in the chat room at the moment. Yes, yeah. Does it look like a good story, actually? A good uh, good air show as well, the RAF Cosford yeah, Air Show. One yeah. I haven't been to before. Well, yet, when, but, when, um, when did it say it was? RAF Classic Jets Day is on the June. It's the it's 19th oh, it's of June. June. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's in, it's in that magical three months that I can't book holiday. They're great. Things. I know, <laughs> I know. But um, <laughs> also, don't forget as well, uh, for the for those of you guys who are going to Bruntingthorpe tomorrow, as we said at the beginning of the yeah. show, unfortunately, due to Matt, Matt. Yes, all right. working, okay, uh, we will be, unfortunately, we won't be able to no, make it no, to, which uh, I, to I Bruntingthorpe tomorrow. Which I am gutted about, because we, really, we were really looking forward to going to that. But... Uh, 
Yeah, you were especially because of the tri stars. Yeah, I know. But yeah, we yeah. we will we'll, we'll, we will be going there. Uh, we will be definitely going there at some point this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So that's it for the military bits and pieces. Um, don't forget, uh, we have also got um, a hopefully a guest coming on the show next week. Yeah. And we are going to record uh, on Friday, on Friday yes. next right, week. Yeah. Uh, which will be Friday the uh, what'll be it'll be the third. Yes. Friday the Friday the third of June. Indeed. Uh, so we're recording for that. Uh, so where can people who don't know no, find us, indeed, Matt? no fair point. Yes, so to, to get in touch uh, with the show, uh, you can email us. Uh, we're on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. The website is uh Dot com. Uh, you can uh, get in touch with us via Twitter. Uh, our Twitter handle is at PlainTalkingUK and Facebook.com forward slash PlainTalkingUK is how you get to our page on Facebook. Don't forget the legend that is Pilot Pip, uh, who we had a segment from earlier. He's also got a fantastic website and a fantastic show. If you haven't listened to it already, please make sure you do, you do so. You can download that from www.plainsafetypodcast.com. And thank you for, uh, or as always, thanks to all the uh, patrons and donators that we've had Indeed. to the show. Oh, yes. Yeah. And we really do appreciate yeah. that. And all the links to the Patreon and donations is on the home, uh, the our homepage yeah. on our website, uh, Plain Talking UK. Indeed. Okay, so that's where we bring episode number 114 to a close. Everybody brace themselves for what I can only describe as a double header as the APG are recording very, very shortly. Very, very shortly. Time. Yeah. A couple of hours time. Um, a couple of hours time, yeah. yeah. Uh, UK time. So uh, those who need to, go and have some sleep now. Thank you for joining us in the yeah. chat room. Nice and busy uh, after Yeah, after thanks for everyone for joining us in the chat room. And, yeah. and as we said, don't forget, we are going to be recording. Yes. So uh, next Friday. Friday. The 3rd of June. The 3rd of June this And week. we go live at 7 p.m. Yeah. Uh, which will be 8 p.m. Uh, no, it won't. It'll be 6 p.m. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be 6 p.m. UTC, UTC time, which yeah. is 7 p.m. Uh, UK, UK time. time. But we'll probably, time. We'll, be, we'll probably be live a bit before that before with then, the usual yeah. pre-show yeah, uh, banter. Shenanigans. So. Yes, absolutely. So that's it. That is the end of the show uh, from both of us here in the studio. Uh, it is a very, very exciting. Uh, goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Bye.